we hustle from day one. Uh, I don't think people know this, but um, I used to take tours of Delhi. Like literally, we used to take people on tours of Delhi to make you know money to keep our business uh, you know running. Uh, mm-hmm. So I, I'd like take people to Shahpur Jat and I take people to Lodi, uh, you know, and and show them. I mean, we've done like the you know funniest things uh, in order to just make sure that we had capital to keep the business going, right? Today's guest is someone who knows the business of brands very well, is intelligent, sharp and an avid reader, the CEO and founder of LBB, an online marketplace for homegrown brands, Suchita Salwan. With Suchita's vast experience of working with founders, I thought it'll be interesting to know about small things that can help business owners to build brands and market it. While we chatted a lot about brands, I also tried to understand uh, how Suchita manages to pack everything in her schedule, including work, uh, running a home, reading, being part of a book club, all this while being extremely active on social media to talk about things that matter. Suchita, thank you so much for joining questions I wanted to ask. I am glad you could make time and I'm so happy to have you. It's awesome to be here. Thanks so much for having me. My pleasure. My pleasure. Is it like a like a busy Saturday for you? Um, actually, yes, because I think we're in the middle of like closing a bunch of projects. So, mm-hmm. um, and usually I end up working half of Saturday and half of Sunday. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, it's 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 a, it's a usual Saturday. <laughs> Let's just keep it at that. I observed that I think uh, you do work most of the Saturdays. Uh, so, so tell me something. I mean, I know as an entrepreneur, there are no uh, switch offs, right? But it is still a question. How do you switch off then? Like, when do you switch off? Do you actually switch off? Um, so, you know, I think I made peace with like not switching off. Uh, I think generally mm. I have a lot of energy. Uh, you know, there mm. are some people who are like very calm and composed and, you know, uh, um, uh, and, and have that temperament. I am generally a very high energy person. Um, mm. And I think everyone looks for releases of energy, right? So for me, for example, like, you know, my work is a release. I really enjoy reading um, and listening to podcasts and this that and the other. So that's my, you know, other release. Um, uh, I also watch a lot of trashy TV shows. I know I project uh, this like, you know, very, uh, you know, intellectual shtick on my Instagram, but I have probably seen every episode of Keeping Up With The Kardashians and this, that and the other. So, uh, yeah, so I'll just say don't believe my like Twitter and IG persona. Um, uh, I, I mean, I, I, I do enjoy working a lot, uh, but I think for me, it's more of... Um, all these things that I do just become this, you know, release of energy for me because that that's what I need given yeah. uh, I am a high energy person. I'm so glad you mentioned about trashy TV shows because we all have. Like <laughs> I watch a lot of Korean and Asian content, right? And a lot of women who've come and we've spoken about, you know, their choices of kind of content and all of that. But tell me, yes, of course, you know, or we all know, we all follow. Anybody who follows you knows you read a lot. And of course, you're spending a lot of time on the business and all of that. How do you structure all this time? Of course, there are only limited hours, right? Uh, You are part of a book club, uh, which means you have to read books, which means you will read beyond that also, right? And then, of course, you have to read for the business and the the environment you're in. How do you structure your time? 
So I think for me, um, you know, I, uh, uh, for me, uh, the time that I take out to learn is also the time that I have to decompress, uh, you know, to a fair extent. Um, so mm. what I usually do is, you know, I'll start my day with either a book or a podcast. Uh, mm. I like ending my day with a podcast. I don't like reading, you know, at the end of a long day. Um, I also, again, you know, really enjoy walking. So the audio format works fairly, fairly well for me. Uh, I usually spend my weekends catching up on reading. Um, there are a couple of, you know, newsletters that I subscribe to, um, you know, and I make it a point to make sure that I read those newsletters um, because, again, it just helps me become better at my job. So uh, I think the way I sort of compartmentalize it is, you know, um, in the morning before 9 a.m. Uh, is usually the time that I have to um, just consume as much content as I can. Uh, and then, you know, towards the evening um, and the weekends, usually in between Saturday and Sunday is when, you know, I'll no, I'll take out a good three, four hours in the day to just catch up on, you know, uh, uh, books that I'm either supposed to read for my book club or otherwise, uh, or just generally like podcasts and content and, you know, articles, etc. that I enjoy. And then in the, in between all of this, you're also very, very active on social media, uh, whether talking about your own personal choices of content and, you know, talking about, uh, you know, LBB, etc. How do you then disconnect from that social media? Because a lot of us who tend to go on social media, uh, then find it very difficult to get distract, get, uh, you know, away from it. How do you do you have like a structure? Uh, key? Yeah, Abhi, so- I, I think, you know, I find, um, and I, I'm not saying this just to like trash on social media, but I mm. usually find, you know, uh, um, uh, Instagram a giant waste of time. Um, my my reasons for using Instagram, for example, is, you know, if you've got a campaign coming up uh, mm. for LBB and I'm looking for references, I look at Instagram. Uh, I thoroughly enjoy home decor. So, for example, if I'm just looking for like design inspo, you know, I'll end up using Instagram. Uh, mm. I use Pinterest for the same reason, you know, if I'm, if like, if I have something, if I'm looking for like a specific graphic reference, you know, which I want to share with my colleagues or a campaign reference that I want to share with my colleagues, I'll end up using those platforms. Um, Twitter, I try staying away from, but I do end up finding a lot of very good content on Twitter. So Hmm. uh, there are certain people who I follow who end up sharing a lot of like articles. Um, I think my sort of, you know, rule is uh, there's a type of person who I like following. Hmm. um, And usually the type of person is, you know, someone who either has, really phenomenal taste in home and interiors uh, or the other type of person is uh, basically uh, you know people who are from the space that I'm in uh, who share a lot of you know information who share a lot of context um, yeah. I generally really like you know following people who will either give credit to their sources of information or write sure. uh, you know um high quality opinion pieces so for example as Benedict Evans who does a fantastic job of covering just commerce and Amazon in general and then uh, there's Ben Thompson who has this awesome blog slash website called Stratechery um, you know where he just really takes out time to write thought through thorough opinion pieces on different things that are happening within tech. Uh, so I think my thumb rule is, you know, either you have a really nice house or, uh, you know, you're, uh, or you're someone who I can learn from. Uh, and those are the two, you know, kinds of folks who I'll end up following um, for, for, for information. And I think that's what's helped me also curb down 
my usage uh, because you know like mm-hmm. any other millennial it's always very tempting to you know open up instagram and get sort of sucked into it or open up twitter and get very riled up by uh, you know um what general sort of like contextless opinions mm. that are being flung around uh, mm. but i think for me what you know at least has helped me stay very focused is i'm just very clear about my objectives and either you align with my objectives or you don't and accordingly i choose to you know engage on these platforms interesting interesting tell me uh, since you mentioned home decor i'm assuming this is a this is a passion or an interest which actually started even before lbb or which is there like it's just it's literally just covid induced uh, i realized really? i i realized that you know uh, we literally lived in the most like sparse home uh, and and i think for me uh, it's the same thing right outlet like earlier my outlet used to be exercising but then covid mm-hmm. happened uh, and uh, i just found sitting on my ass to be much more fun than <laughs> sweating in the gym so um uh, and and it's actually this you know running joke where like my husband will say basically your idea of working out is lifting furniture which is not far from the truth uh, so yeah so I, so my my love for all things home uh, you know literally just came through covid uh, and again i didn't want to consume fashion content and uh, you know what i mean like you you got all of these verticals i don't really enjoy yeah. fashion contents and the other content for me became home and you know uh, uh, that's that but if not home uh, i think another space that i'd love is like ui ux because i thoroughly enjoy it, just design in general mm. um, but yeah that's where my home decor obsession came from yeah and 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 it's beautiful how it translates to uh, what you also do at lbb in terms of i mean a part of it i'm sure but uh, i could literally like you know when i when i see your posts and then i was like okay but this is how she also probably structures her uh, you know the entire home decor section on lbb right and i think that's that's something that i wanted to kind of bring about that a lot of times you know the passion or things that you are interested in can actually translate and add on to things that you do at work 100% and you know i think a lot of like working at lbb is about having a point of view mm-hmm. and you know having a point of view comes from like having taste and preferences um and i think anything that's soft right like anything that's design related uh, mm-hmm. usually helps you exercise you know parts of your brain that that give you a sense of what your taste or what your preference is Uh, and i think with a lot of us like with, with a lot of my colleagues um obviously everyone's interested in different categories right there are some people who are very into about food uh, there are others you know who really enjoy their like coffee and then there are others who enjoy you know workouts um i think everyone has their passion uh, but i think um, you know the 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 part the, the job to be done of our passion isn't really with you know taking our passion and extending it into our work uh, mm. because you know obviously obviously if i have a aesthetic it doesn't mean our consumers which run in millions will you know like exactly what you know i like or any individual likes uh, but mm. i think i think to immerse yourself in some form of art uh, is a great way to develop your own tastes and preferences um uh, and and i think that's really what you know my external passions do for me uh, they just help me develop taste and preferences and give me a point of view which i think is super important in the work that we're doing interesting i mean uh, it's very rare that i mean as indians i don't think so a lot of us have been gr- have grown up or have been told to inculcate passion right uh, and it at and it bothers me because now in a world where you know we are all confined to our own homes uh besides work the only thing that can take you away is uh, take you away from your work is passion and uh, we just don't know what to do uh, with it or about it 
Yeah, no, for sure. Um, uh, I, I, I don't know if it's, you know, uh, if it's just being Indian, I think I think a lot of it also has to do with context, right? I think all of us mm-hmm. are lucky that we had grandparents and parents who afforded us some amount of privilege, um, sure. you know, and and gave us the opportunity to you know really uh, understand different parts of art and culture. I think for me, you know, one big advantage of being in a city like Delhi is uh, you have culture all around you, right? Um, mm-hmm. And you have to work really hard to escape it, right? Like you have to go to Gurgaon to escape Delhi's culture. Uh, <laughs> Um, with all due respect to uh, whoever is from Burgaon and listening to this. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, I mean, everything from like the history that Delhi has to, yeah. um, you know, the markets that Delhi has, a lot of it is steeped in this, hmm. exactly, right? A lot of it is steeped in this understanding of, like, it's culture surrounds you. It's on you to, uh, you know, pick and choose um, how you want it to extend into your everyday life. Um, and I don't know, I, I think, you know, growing up, I mean, it's not like, uh, you know, my parents inculcated any sense of, you know, uh, read about the arts or, you know, know about architecture, any of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think a lot of it actually just started with the fact that, you know, I just grew up in Delhi and uh, and actually the genesis of LBB was me wanting to understand my city a little better. Um mm-hmm. And I think that's when I, you know, started going to NGMA and all these great galleries that Delhi has mm. that, you know, I mean, no one really goes to, though they must be visited. Um, uh, yeah, so I think I think just my, you know, interest in having uh, in art and culture, a lot of it is just genuinely just come from the city that I live in. And not because I was ever told to follow my passion or frankly, to even have any passion. Uh, uh, but I think it just came from, you know, uh, just letting yourself explore your surroundings a little more uh, and, and seeing what you can get from it. Interesting, interesting. Uh, you spoke about uh, actually the genesis of LBB coming from you wanted to wanting to explore things, and if you see, I mean, and it's 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 for everyone to see. But LBB literally started as one Tumblr block, right? Yep. Yep. And to what it is today, and one of the you know biggest local brand marketplace in India, if that's the correct term for it. Uh, and, you know, when I look at this journey, and this is something that I was telling you offline also, that what's very interesting for me is that, you know, today there is this entire boom of, you know, startup brands and all of that stuff in India. And we are all looking, saying, Achha, main entrepreneur hu, mujhe ye brand banana hai, main ko mama earth banna hai, ya mujhe XYZ brand banna hai. I mean, and, you know, but we all don't realize that there are so many years behind it. It's It's been so many. Would you want to talk about the the initial, you know, things, those those initial things that require for you to even start yeah. to build a brand? Yeah, um, I think, you know, I think what people don't talk about enough is the money that it takes. Um, yes. Uh, and, you know, um, like even for me, when LBB started as a Tumblr page, I was still working full time at the BBC, right? And I would do mm-hmm. this on the weekends for fun uh, where I would, you know, just go to a new part of like Delhi and, you know, take pictures and post about it on my Tumblr blog, which then, you know, became a website. Um, I, uh, we bootstrapped the business for two years before I found a technical co-founder and before we raised our first round of money. Um, and even through those, through those two years, um, it's not like, you know, I was supporting myself with, you know, my, I, I was all of 23, 24 um, uh, and whatever little savings that I had, it went into just investing in our website. So we were making money for FBB, but, but you know, none of it was necessarily coming to my pocket. Um, sure. So I, I think I think the first thing that people don't realize is that it takes money to really build 
uh, a startup and and again it, uh, how much money varies from person to person uh, for you know some people it could be just you know a, a quick whatsapp handle for someone like us you know there was a requirement for um, a web platform there was a requirement to pay for you know certain um, people on your payroll in order to build this platform up better uh, but i think step number 1 is you know you need to figure out um, i don't want to say what you're passionate about because i think passion is a little overrated especially yeah. if you want to build a business um, yeah. i do think you need to uh, you know generally just have a sense of what are you interested in Uh, yeah. because uh, uh, uh and and i think for me uh, my interest has always been in brands right uh, in marketing in 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 just being curious like i am genuinely curious about anything and everything that's out there but more specifically how brands are built so sure. uh, and and that's a lot of what my experience taught me as well so i think you know you need to start with some form of like you need to figure out how much capital will my interest take and really what am i interested in um yeah. and uh, and you know a lot of the things that i learned at hindsight which i would recommend to you know a lot of folks tinkering with ideas or thinking of um what they want to start is really think through you know what market are you going after uh, because it's not difficult to launch a, a business or a brand but it's very difficult to build a business and build. a brand right yeah. uh, and yeah. i think people usually confuse launching with building um uh, and i think that's where you know it's it's a difference in between the two where the you know delta really lies and that delta really comes from understanding you know what is the market that i'm going after who is my customer why do i exist uh what sure. price point should i you know uh, play around with uh so i think i think you know in the in the slightly more like modern or urban uh, understanding of what entrepreneurship or startup looks like uh, it would be uh, some of these three right figure out your interest uh find capital you know figure out what is the market that i'm really building for uh, and that really becomes your step one and your foundation for building things up yeah but tell me something uh, you know you were still or you kind of had the ability to be able to go to people raise funds at the initial after the maybe the initial two years and what about smaller businesses or businesses who would literally start from you know uh, zero uh, smaller and you have so many of them on you know the platform uh, of lbb what happens to those who don't have money to start but have a great product or have a great market where you know they're doing well right how how does one make that bigger i think there are a lot of opportunities for brands to grow um and mm-hmm. i think today you know it's so easy to kick start your journey uh, so for example there are multiple marketplaces obviously lbb being one of them where sure. you can list your products right uh, there are dime a dozen pop ups and exhibitions that happen across uh, you know cities from the smallest to the largest uh, where you can go in you know give your products to customers uh, and get them to try it um, sure. there are multiple sampling opportunities that 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 exist uh, you know there are facebook groups that you can be a part of every single big brand started with fairly humble beginnings i mean even for us in the beginning um, mm. it's not like we had much capital to rest on right so mm. uh, after that initial investment that went into building a website um hmm. we hustled from day 1 uh, i don't think people know this but um i used to take tours of delhi like literally we used to take people on tours of delhi to make you know money to keep our business uh, you know running uh, hmm. so i i'd like take people to shahpur jhat and i take people to lodi uh, you know and and show them i mean we've done like the you know funniest things uh, in order to just make sure that we had capital 
to keep the business going right um yeah. we've participated ourselves in pop-ups and exhibitions we've hosted pop-ups and exhibitions uh, but yeah. i think uh, you know no matter how small a brand you are i think there are so many tools that are available for brands today uh, and a lot of them are free right everything from facebook to instagram to listing yourself on a platform like lbb uh, to you know using platforms like um Insta Mojo or Razorpay, uh, and just having that payment uh, payment gateway, right? Gateway. There are Facebook groups that you can be a part of, um, uh, where you can you know uh, test out your products. In fact, I remember on uh, that uh, on the LBB Open House podcast when I was interviewing the Mama Earth guys. Uh, mm-hmm. Even they tested their products on mom groups on Facebook. Uh, that's mm-hmm. really how they began. Uh, and you know, uh, they were lucky that you know one of the moms who found out about them through this like ripple effect, uh, you know, uh, ended up uh, helping them in raise their you know first round of funding. And that's really where they grew, uh, where they grew from. Um, brands like Sleepy Owl, which are very popular today, uh, I remember uh, you know their fir- the first time they sold their coffee, they sold it in our office. Uh, one of the first times and the first time you know they really put their product out there was was at this event that we used to do pre covid called dessert bazaar which is basically an offline event for know. You know, hmm. home bakers and caterers hmm. etc to exhibit their products so yeah. i think there's diamond does an opportunities for you know brands to really start small um hmm. and put themselves out there and i actually think now the infrastructure both technical and physical exists in order to help these brands out Hmm, interesting. Tell me, uh, you know, you interact with so many men and women business owners, entrepreneurs, and this thing. Uh, I always feel that, uh, and I know I'm asking a very, very stereotypical question, but I know a lot of people would want to hear this. A lot of uh, uh, female business owners or women entrepreneurs need more extra help, especially when it comes to marketing themselves, right? Uh, how would you? what what are your suggestions what would you tell them do you do you feel that there is something that they need to do extra to be able to people who don't know how to market themselves how do they like women who don't know how to market themselves so i think you know um i mean you know you're talking about how often i post on social media i genuinely don't post out of like you know um uh, uh any other desire but i do know that you know it's it's important for me to do whatever it takes to make my brand as successful as i possibly can right um yeah. uh and i think uh, and for us especially because we operate as a marketplace uh, there has to be trust building that happens both on the customer side as well as the merchant side so sure. uh, i think you know with uh, with a lot of um, and i and frankly i don't see this issue only with women founders mm-hmm. uh, especially mm-hmm. when it comes to consumer brands i see it with yeah. men as well i think yeah. that the you need to do it for your business you know yeah. um uh and today so much of so much of like purchase sale excitement around your brand is actually built by your story and your excitement about you know what it is that you're building um i interact with founders on a almost daily basis and you can tell the difference in between someone who's in it just to make a quick buck and someone who's in it because they you know are genuinely very excited about what they're building um and i think you know as a founder whether you like it or not it is a part of your job to put yourself and your brand out there 
so uh, you know to people who are a little you know uh, who are looking at this with some amount of trepidation i just say that uh, you know remember that you have to do it for your brand right and the second you switch to that lens saying that okay i want i want i'm doing this for my brand i'm not doing this for myself um it just becomes much easier an exercise to do uh and again you know um, to anyone who's listening i'd give my own example i'm very uncomfortable being on any you know social any platform uh, i have like no desire anyone who knows me knows that i'm happy just you know being in my little universe or whatever uh, but i think for me a lot of what i've learned is you know one uh, it's super important to put yourself out there because it's important for you to also know where you're going wrong uh, right yeah. and create that yeah. feedback loop so yeah. um, i think you know don't look at social media or don't look at marketing yourself as oh one more task right uh, mm. look at it as this is actually the best way for me to create a feedback loop so i get inputs on where and how i can improve my business and on where and how i can improve myself that's at least the way i look at it very interesting one more question slightly more marketing specific question because there are a lot of individual brand owners uh, you know who will start as like you know maybe trying starting with one or two products and then it starts growing jewelry brands and fashion brands particularly uh, which are led by women uh, what would you suggest to them from a content creation perspective because content has become such an important part of even you know content uh, even uh, mar- marketing for the brands and not just you existing as a individual content creators what are what is the kind of stuff that people really enjoy if you are a fashion brand or a uh, jewelry brand or you know anything in that space right uh, what what kind of content works there um so i think you know specifically if you're in categories where um where there is very little differentiation uh, in between you and others um it's extremely important for your content to Uh, you know uh, call out to what actually makes your product special um and if you were to pick up for example categories like fashion home home decor you know jewelry and even beauty to a certain extent um actually let's maybe keep beauty out of it for a second but all these other categories actually uh, you know call out to a, a customer's unique taste and preferences uh, so for example uh, you know if i was um, Uh, building a home decor brand a uh, couple of things one i'd stick to in aesthetic right so figure it out you know uh, do is your brand associated with a bohemian aesthetic is it a scandinavian aesthetic like what aesthetic does your brand have um and create content which really showcases the usage of your product so uh, for example if you walk into an ikea store right um an ikea store uh, and and if you see an ikea store they create all of these hubs where you know you can really see the product in action and you can see the application of the product so for instance yeah. if i was in home and decor is a category i would 100% over index on application of the product right this is how you can style the cushion this is how you can use my coaster um i see a lot of brands make the mistake of you know shooting their products against boring white backgrounds uh you know without really thinking through where will this coaster be used in the customer's journey so i think really thinking of you know how do i what is the taste and preference that i want my customers to have what is the style that my customers aligning with and how do i showcase this product in a way where a customer feels like man this product's beautiful i want it in my house um and you see any of you know home decor brands that are stalwarts do this very well so ikea is one restoration hardware is another create and barrel is the third in fact if you even open ikea's website they have a whole section where they just have looks right and yeah. then you shop these they actually sell sh- uh, they sell 
basis the looks exactly and, yeah. and that's how home decor is sold uh, versus yeah. for example a category like fashion where fashion is sold basis you know aspiration uh, right uh, where you need to no one no one buys an outfit uh, you know because it looks ugly you buy an outfit because it makes you feel like if i wear this you know it will make me look that much better um and when you see fashion you know and the narratives around fashion uh, again imagery plays a massive role um you know uh, showing how the garment can be worn showing how it can be styled or uh, talking about price points talking about the material that goes in um i see a lot of small and independent brands do a very good job of you know even uh, showing like behind the scenes or how the products made because all of that breeds into your narrative right it helps you sell your story better um in fact there's this really cool fashion brand that sells on lbb also called suta and they do sarees uh, and the two women who run it right they do such a I good know. job of showing how the sarees are styled they photograph everything yeah. on themselves um yeah. and they really show you know wearing the saree uh, on an everyday basis versus you know yeah. hectic sabhyasachi style shoots so yeah. i think i think you know the the thing with lot of these categories is this this sold on aspiration this sold by creating desire and the only way you can really create desire is if you're calling out to what is it about your brand or your product that makes it truly special um and also showing application of that product in the customers you know day to day interesting interesting let me uh, uh you know the next part of my question is uh money so a lot of uh, entrepreneurs i've said i mean we as indians anyways are not very comfortable talking about money right uh, and especially if you and i'm again going to say if you're a women business owner you're a woman entrepreneur it becomes very difficult for you to quote your price and you know you you feel hesitant and all how do how does one i mean i know how does one kind of you know get over that uh, it's a skill that needs to be acquired it's a mental thing i know but anything you have for because you work with so many of them so i think um, you know i i mean i wish i could say uh, i i think the best i, I practice just makes you perfect right um, yeah. and even for me i used to fumble a lot uh, you know um, and i think women end up saying you know kuch nahi hota jo bhi whatever they giving me i'll take it uh, let me you know deal with the consequence uh, uh, at another day um, yeah. i think i think you know two things that at least help uh, have helped me or i've seen other you know entrepreneurs Uh, put into use is uh, just know your market really well, right? So uh, the more educated you are, the more confident it is for you, the more confident you will be. And I'm sure you see this with your own work, right? The more yes. you know about, you know, what are the market rates? How much are other fashion brands um, selling their products at? You know, what is the uh, uh, what is the material that goes into other fashion brands, and how is yours better? Um, I think the more educated you are about the market that you operate in the more confidence you have in your own product uh, and you know the easier your ability to sell uh, because the thing with customers is an irrespective of whether your customer is a client you know uh, uh, in the sense of you know like a large brand that's paying you money or if your customer is someone who's you know shopping your consumer brand um, i think at the end of the day uh, people buy basis the sales person right uh and i think a good sales person can sell anything but the the tricks that a good sales person has up their sleeve is they know all the data points 
to make a customer feel like what they're selling them is that much better. Uh, so I think, uh, yeah, I think just knowing the market more, knowing, you know, uh, what your comparables are uh, and being able to benchmark very quickly when those questions come your way. I think I think that's how you can build that confidence internally and externally and sell yourself better. Interesting. Uh, so, Chita, you know, uh, when you go out there building, especially now in India, when there is this sudden thing of, you know, homegrown brands and all of that stuff, a lot of, uh, I and I'm, this is this is an experience which I've seen around a lot of friends who've, you know, who are starting to build their own brands. There is a term that I read somewhere called community over competition. Uh, and, you know, a lot of people that I consult with, I always tell them that it's okay to kind of reach out to parallel brands or competition brands and see what you guys can, you know, be part of a common place and stuff like that, right? A lot of us don't know that, that you need to be part of communities for brands to grow, for brands to get noticed, etc. What is, uh, LBB in, in that sense is a is a community. Uh, what, how does that help for smaller brands to be associated with com- communities and not worry about competition? You know, um, I actually think the point that you brought up is super valid because uh, I think the problem is, you know, we take all our learnings from the education system uh, that we're brought up in uh, where, you know, we're taught that we'll only be successful if someone else is not, uh, right? Um, uh, But I think think a lot of what at least I've learned is there is so much, there are so many seats at the table that everyone needs to just chill out and stop, you know, worrying unless, you know, uh, you're building something as niche as like SpaceX um, uh, or or Tesla, you know what I mean. Uh, there are maybe you have twenty years to kind of uh, twenty years in the background, though. Exactly, yeah, and yeah. twenty years plus to really see uh, results of all the work that you yeah. put in. So yeah. I think I think the truth is there's so there are so many seats at the table, and uh, and you know India has a population of one point three billion people. That's like a lot of different types of customer personas to go after um, and actually the best brands that we see are the ones that that you know work with either complementary brands and businesses uh, or work you know maybe with brands and businesses within the same space uh, but actually work together to offset a lot of the costs that you know may be associated with the same outcome right so um a lot of better smaller brands that we see, uh, you know, uh, they'll uh, usually end up working on collaborative shoots, right? Where, yeah. um, you know, X brand will bring in their furniture, Y brand will bring in their planters, a third brand will be bring in their, you know, coffee company and, and they'll create assets that, you know, every single brand can use. Um, and again, reducing that cost of, you know, photography or all the other elements that come into uh, the final outcome of, you know, making that great picture happen. Um, you know, I, I think a lot of the smarter brands uh, and especially the brands today right uh, they're all realizing that they need each other uh, to create some amount of leverage because distribution has just become so expensive uh, where it's not that it's not as easy to get Instagram followers as it was back when we started right Um, it's not as easy to build you know Facebook groups back when we started so the only way that you can really grow is if you're working with you know complementary folks um, and working with them to really create something, you know, massively impactful. At LVB, we ourselves are massive on partnerships. Uh, we don't care how big we are, how small we are. Uh, we genuinely really love partnering with everyone, right? So sure. uh, to, to give you an example, we recently launched an accelerator. Uh, and, um, uh, and you know, uh, we're going to be uh, co-investing uh, with a VC um, uh, in emerging consumer brands. Uh, and no one has done this before. 
and uh, you know the first thing that came to my head was why like you know why uh, you know why won't two people with very complementary skills uh, come together and really work towards creating something impactful um, that helps the ecosystem you know grow so i think i think you know uh, at lbb our mentality is very uh, you know there's room for all and everyone can win um, as long as you know we identify what our value prop is you know whatever it is um, and i've seen the best consumer brands deploy the same uh, you know lens uh, whether it's with complementary brands or even complementary communities that help them build their brand up better interesting interesting Oh, this is this is. I mean, you know, in my head, I'm thinking that if you are smaller business owners, or I mean, whatever business owners, right? If you actually hear this chat, there's so much of information wherein how do you market yourself, how do you take yourself out there will be there. But there's one part and slightly difficult part which I I'm not sure you've spoken about about being an entrepreneur and the failures that you face, you know, on the way. uh and i'm sure there would have been instances and i want to talk about them right both as an individual and as the business uh tell me what happens on days when you feel aage mujhe kuch nahi dikh raha hai i mean and i'm sure there would have been many many days what happens on day how do you like just get up um so i mean i've tried to think of the best answer for that because uh, you know just tell uh, me what your, what comes to your mind first so uh, i generally am a optimist uh, you know so i generally i'm of the school of thought which is theek ho jayega kuch nahi hota like it will sort itself out uh, mm-hmm. and in the long term you know things will net out in your favor as long as you know you're you've got the right intentions of creating success not only for yourself but everyone else who you you know work with um so i usually on bad days um uh you know i just suck it up and i get back into the groove of things i have a very like weird way of dealing with uh you know uh, any form of failure um i've actually and and maybe i've become better over time but i've actually become very good at rationalizing it because um you know earlier i feel like i used to take failure very personally like i used to take it as a you know i am not good enough or i have done something wrong yeah or you know like i should have thought of this better um yeah. and i think uh, and i think it's very you know in a moment of failure it's very easy to want to point the finger at someone whether it's yourself or it's someone else saying you know it's your fault that this didn't happen the way it needed to but i think the thing that at least i have learned through my entrepreneurship journey and we've gone through all kinds of highs and all kinds of lows right um we've gone through highs where you know uh, we were literally like growing our revenue at a crazy pace and then obviously last year covid happened uh, and your you know literally you're just like what why is my what business the hell just happened essential, right yeah um, uh, especially if i'm enabling so many brands to grow um, yeah. so i i think i think a lot of what you realize is there's so much that happens which is genuinely not in your control um, and i think at least that's what's made me more accepting of failure which is you know i really can't control everything i can plan for the best outcome uh, but you know it's not it's not in any one person's power to really predict what the outcome will finally be uh, and i think not enough people talk about this but luck plays such a big role in Absolutely. where and how people end up right uh, luck sure. plays a massive role in the difference in between a 20 million dollar company and a 100 million dollar company um, you know there are so many founders that are very hard working um, 
that are probably smarter than you know a lot of the extremely well funded other founders that are out there but tough luck man sometimes you know it's you're just not in the right place at the right time right time so yeah. i i think and i think all of these things just me have helped me become much more you know um uh, accepting of failures um and actually now i genuinely enjoy failure i think um, you know i i think my two cents would be you know if if you're a if you're if you're anyone an entrepreneur or anyone else have a long term outlook to your own life uh, you know your business today may succeed it may fail it doesn't matter but you need to work with the assumption that long term everything will you know check out um for you uh, and happen in the in, in the right direction so it's, yeah i'm i'm generally an optimist so uh, i'm i'm sorry if i wasn't very specific with my responses no that's okay uh, that's but yeah okay. but that's how i that that's how i deal with failures yeah generally i mean basically that you'll figure it out uh in the long run yeah and i think you know there's enough of us who uh, you know i mean my assumption is that i i mean i feel like i've done enough good things for enough people uh, in order for you know me to just generally have like a well netted out like karma score right so uh, <laughs> so I, i i feel like it's it's small things like that that just you know help you same thing like rationalize that whatever happens uh, i'll be fine and and everyone around me will be fine as well lovely lovely tabi just the last question now you've you've been running lbb what over 7 years now around 7 years uh yeah 6 7 years yeah 6 7 years uh and raising rounds and of course running and of course i mean like all businesses you've seen last two years what is it that you look forward to now uh you know as an individual as a professional and of course for lbb I think covid getting over is number 1 so <laughs> I think that's on every priority can this pandemic just goddamn end sooner yeah. rather than later uh, so I think I'm really looking forward to all of this being behind uh, you know all of us um uh, and I think um uh, I don't know I I I I think I I think I I feel like the past year and a half has given people an opportunity to really reflect on what they want you know the purpose of their life to be um uh, and and I, i don't mean to sound like very you know meta and like you know sai baba about this but like uh, you know people generally have uh, you know f- people generally have a sense of you know i, I want to build this right i i want my life to resonate with abc xyz um, yeah. and priorities have gone in in all kinds of directions so yeah. i think what i look what i look forward to is you know more of us Uh, approaching life with much more purpose with you know very clearly articulated and fairly well defined priorities um because yeah. uh, i think once that's set um everything you know your relationships with other people your um uh, you know excitement about the work that you're doing uh, you know just what you're able to bring to the table as an individual uh, i think a lot of that becomes very nuanced you know once you're generally clear about what you what your purpose for yourself is Uh, so i think uh, uh, yeah i think what i look forward to is a future with more people with hopefully much more clarity about what they want to do with their time uh, and what they want to do with their life uh, yeah that's that, that's what i'm looking forward to and covid being behind us i think covid being behind us is like topmost priority for all of us uh, and getting over the losses that we've all seen in the last personal professional businesses all of that but that was such 
such an interesting chat suchita i mean i have to say that uh, this is also one of my first chat where i've concentrated or you know spoken a lot about businesses because i felt that you know slowly as the podcast is uh, we're doing more and more episodes people are coming to us and talking to us about like specific questions so i really was looking forward to this episode and uh, thank you so much anytime thank you so much if you've enjoyed listening to this episode then do follow me on social media for more updates and short format content You can search me by the name Anshu Patni Singhi on Instagram and on Twitter. If you have suggestions please write to me or message me on Instagram and Twitter. I'll be back the next week.